Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. Here we are. We can see the light at the end of the international break tunnel. Yeah, we're potting on a Tuesday evening, so we've only got a few short sleeps until game week eight kicks off. And I think this episode, we really just want to get stuck into some very prescient FPL topics. Look at who got injured during international breaks. Look at some FPL philosophy questions and just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did most of the last game week on last pot, so we're just looking ahead on this. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to touch that. Everyone knows what happened. It was three weeks ago. It was so that's ten years ago, yeah. So where do you want to start? I want you to start. I feel like you have some things up your sleeve that you're like excited to talk about. Uh, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading your, your, the <laughs> intonation of your voice. is like, I want to get fucking stuck in. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on? Um, I think one thing that came up on the Slack this week that was phenomenal. And N-Pass brought it up, but really the goalkeeper position. Yeah. Kind of something when it's international break, I always find myself looking at the nooks and crannies of my team or strategy that I've been playing since game week one this season, trying to find things that I maybe missed or overlooked. And I think the goalkeeper spot's definitely one of those where very stubbornly was thinking, okay, I'm not going to spend more than 8-5 on the goalkeeping position I'm going to just get whatever 4-5 and just some 4-0 fuck fest and just put them in every week. But there are a lot of points to be had there. We're seeing a lot of the 5-5 premium goalkeepers, Courtois coming up there, De Gea top of the top of the ranks. Um, Czech's been doing well. And, you know, a lot of the 5-5 premium teams are now the most cheap, the cheapest, most nailed route into those defenses, unlike before when they were priced at $6 million, the goalkeepers. Now that they've been dropped down at 5-5, five, five, you look at a team like Chelsea. Where, yeah, they're pretty much all the, the cheapest, most nailed, right? Yeah, I mean, you have the exception of Jones for United, but yeah. I mean, the game tried to price the goalkeeper less than all of the defenders. Yeah, they did that for a reason, that, that, which they did a good job there. Yeah, yeah, totally nailed that, but... I'm just wondering if we missed a trick because every year at the end of the season, we look back and see, you know, last year it was with Heaton when he was priced at 4-5 and he's at the summit. But we're always looking at really there's one, maybe two, four, five price goalkeepers in the top five. But the rest of them are all premium, you know, they're on premium teams. So we always take for granted that we're like, oh yeah, well, you get the 4-5 in, there's more value. But that also assumes that you pick the right one which is easy to say in hindsight or an easy kind of thing to just Right, if, if you have Fabianski or Lossel this year, then you're like, yeah, easy, but yeah. most people but if don't. you don't, yeah, I mean, I've been sitting here with Foster and he's been kind of fucking bad. And when you look at teams like United, City, Chelsea and the fixtures that they have upcoming, is it that bad to spend 9-5 on the goalkeeping spot instead of 8-5? I don't know. I mean, you you know, you, we always talk about getting save points, and the goalkeepers on premium teams don't often do. Bonus points, the teams on premium teams don't often do, the goalkeepers. But at the end of the day, what you really need are clean sheet points. I mean, four points for a clean if you get one save point in, in addition to. I mean, getting six or seven is a lot better than getting one to three, 
which most four or five goalkeepers are on mid-table or lower sides, and that's more often than not what they do. So just kind of giving it a think and looking over the budget, and you always think, okay, well, if you go Elliott instead and you save one and a half million, then that makes you turn your you know four or five defender into David Luiz, but Stephen Ward's good, so is that better? I, I don't know. Yeah, think? it's it's two, two main things are sticking out to me, and one is that there's always the perception that you the goal is to spend all 100 plus of your 100 million budget, and routinely we see every season that the highest scoring team is not spending all of their budget is one thing, and the second thing is that I guess like a question to answer your question kind of is like. Are the clean sheets at the rate that they're currently going at sustainable? Or do we think that this is just an insane, weird season where this won't keep happening and some teams will score more goals and some teams will allow more goals? Because, like, there's just... United has a clean sheet in every game but one. City has a clean sheet in every game but two. Spurs, Arsenal, Huddersfield, Huddersfield are on four. Like, there's just so many cleans. And there's so many teams that are scoring. I mean, the majority of the league is scoring a goal a goal per game or less on average, which is ridiculously low. So I guess my, my question back at you is, like, which which is more sustainable? Which do you think will keep up? Do you think it's... The, the powers have tilted so far to the top of the table that we're just going to see United rack in 20 clean sheets this year and City and Spurs and Chelsea are going to approach the same? Or do you think things will level out and you know teams like Palace will score some goals and Bournemouth will score more than four goals? and You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I have a hard time like, judging which of those things is more real, you know? Yeah, I think the way – the number one thing that I keep looking at are really just the strikers. Like looking at the list of strikers in FPL, there are no, there are no good strikers. There are five good strikers on the four or six best teams or whatever. There are no good mid-price strikers. There are no cheap strikers. The reason for that is that every team that are going to be placed – 6th to 20th have fucking shit-ass strikers. And it's a microcosm of the actual league performances where a lot of the teams are just kind of bad and they have bad goal scorers and they're not scoring goals. It seems like there's an abnormal amount of teams that are just not even attempting to score goals. Like Like Swansea... Brighton, Huddersfield, I mean, we know like West Bromo is Park, Newcastle, Burnley, kind of Everton. Like these teams are all like kind of conceding possession, parking. They have one or two chances per game max, and that's it. And it's just, it's it's weird. That yeah, I mean, there are, are, on, there like, are a three lot of goals. Yeah, know. there are a lot of really good clean sheet fixtures just looking up and down the league. Like you mentioned, you, you didn't even mention Palace or Southampton also bereft of goals. So, I mean, I'm inclined to just take the information that we have and not suspect it to completely hit a 180. Yeah, seven weeks feels like a pretty sizable sample size when you're considering it's it's like like a fifth of the season. Yeah, it's it's enough games to try and 
pick the information that you've got so far and then build your team around that. And to me, it's saying that the premium defenses are going to keep keeping clean sheets and that a lot of the poor to mid-table sides are going to continue to struggle for goals. But bringing it back to the goalkeeper position, I just think that in the absence of any real mid-priced midfielders and a lot of us go into a 4-3-3 formation, it lends itself, it lends us to being able to spend an extra million in, in the goalkeeping spot. And yeah, that's true. Getting, yeah. getting someone like De Gea or Courtois when we're having two 4-5 midfielders in and, and we have uh, one 4-5 defender and four you know 5 million plus, we can we can budget it a little bit easier, and while there will I'll always be value, and maybe you know Pope is maybe standing out as the best four or five goalkeeper, maybe Fabianski right now. And but. I think Elliot's about to have a nice run because I do think Newcastle's a good defense. Yeah, those guys at the end of the season that you mentioned before, Courtois, Ederson, De Gea, Lloris, they're going to be top, no question. Yeah, and then I think it's kind of that like. If you're going to spend eight five, when we know that Elliot is nailed for Newcastle, then you might as well just spend eight and just start him. Like you said, his fixtures are getting a little bit better. There's not point five in that to me. Yeah. To any of the four or five goalkeeping teams, none of them are so much better than Newcastle that I want to spend an extra outlay to get that goalkeeper in. So the one thing that just was like annoying with Elliot is that Rafa sets his defense up so like they don't concede that many shots and yeah, he's been he, right around yeah. getting one save point but he's had four saves the, at most all season which is terrible. And that was against Spurs, you know, yeah. so it's like a high you know, high powered offense or high powered attack that he's facing. Yeah, yeah. That is the bummer because usually as you said at the beginning of this like you get the cheap guys because they rack up the saves and they are on for bonus and they occasionally get cleans, but yeah. I don't know. I will say that at least in one of the games that Newcastle's kept a clean, Elliot got a bonus point. So, you yeah. know, they're still nice. bad enough that he could get bonus, even if he's not getting enough, a, a bunch of saves. So I hope he, yeah, I hope this run of like nine or 10 next game weeks, he, he can bring me some points. Yeah. It's just kind of like thinking of Jakubowicz from last season when, they're conceding. He's still getting four pointers because he's making six saves, you know. And that you're, you're yeah. not, you're not. And Pickford, yeah, yeah, Pickford, same thing. He's getting four pointers when they're. He's just making saves when they're conceding. So that's a big difference than getting two or one point. So yeah, and that ha- I don't know. And no one's really doing that this year, right? I mean, I guess Fabianski is the closest, but yeah, no, I mean, not really. Pope's been doing okay, but goalkeeping's just been very frustrating. It's very on the forefront of my mind just because whenever I feel like I get a clean sheet out of my goalkeeper or if I get, you know, seven or eight out of my goalkeeper, I always get a green arrow in a good week. Yeah, it feels like weird free points or something. Yeah, it's like everyone is just playing with the same shitty-ass fuck at goal and if your guy gets a clean or your guy gets points, you're swimming that week. But I don't know why I'm always so reluctant to spend on the position. I know it has a low ceiling. Well, but yeah, it's, it's the lowest scoring position by far. I mean, there, yeah, are, but, there are reasons. But, but I think clean I, sheets are clean yeah. sheets. You know, points yeah. are points. And I have an easier time finding four or five defender rotators who have some attacking output that I'd rather, like, put in or spending nine instead of ten on my forward or eight instead of nine on my midfield, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah, there's always there's always sacrifices that can be made. And 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's a natural thing for us to try and spend, like I said, all of our money on like attack and stuff like that. But as the in vogue formation is kind of going like four three three or f- maybe even five defenders, we're spending less money. You, you just can't spend that much money on defense, not compared to right. attackers. So, right. yeah, I mean, yeah, those top guys and. I wish I had them. I have literally zero clean sheets on the season for my goalkeeping position, so fucking yeah, kill myself. Good. You and Ray, it's not good. But realistically, it's just like a talking point. I think it's international break pod, just trying to get yourself thinking about some spots on your team that maybe yeah. you don't spend that much time on, which is... And people are on wild card, you know? Like, yeah. There's a lot of people on wild card this week, and you know, you got to be thinking about these guys, and... You can't really make a tangible argument that anyone's going to outscore the top four or five keepers, or the That's a, t- priciest four or five keepers. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, realistically, if you're not thinking critically about every spot on your team, then you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's a goalkeeping position, something to shout. Um, yeah, good stuff. All right, that's that box. Let's go over to your your favorite team in the world, Liverpool, with oh, Mane dead dead for life again, long term injury. What do you, what are your thoughts on Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, I immediately we, we started getting so many questions and uh, Faith No Moreno, <laughs> which is such a good name, said, "What do you think of Coutinho Firmino prospects now? Mane's out until the end of November." A lot of people wrote in with the same concerns. I mean. There's obviously a chance that Klopp starts Sturridge and Firmino's out wide and Salah's the other wing and Coutinho stays in midfield, etc. I think for FPL prospects, it's really good that Sturridge had a nightmare against Newcastle because I think Firmino will just be straight on down the middle. I think Coutinho will be left wing just like he was all of last year and Salah will be right wing. And that's kind of like... When you looked at the Salah transfer in the summer, that was kind of one of the big positives. Was that like, because when Mane went away for AFCON last year and then he got injured, Liverpool were just so much worse without Mane and without his pace. And with Salah, it's like, okay, now we have two guys that can do that at least, you know? So we're not like in nightmare land if one of them go down. So I just think it goes back to that front three. You know, and and we'll be fine. And I think Coutinho is still a great pick, maybe even a better pick now that he's in the front three. I think Firmino eventually will come back into form, although no fucking chance in hell I'd bring him in now. And I think Salah is still just absolute great pick. Like his position out of everyone is not changing at all. So yeah, I think FPL perspective, you know, Coutinho and Salah are still really good. What about the Ox? Yeah, I mean, I'm captaining the Ox this week, so... Triple yeah. captain, yeah. Triple captain, yeah. Triple captain. Yeah, it's but so think- funny that, like... <laughs> I mean, everyone was saying it when we transferred the Ox in, but, like, in what world did he ever think he'd play central midfielder? I just don't... <laughs> it's like, we have, like, six guys in front of him. Like, Luana's not even fit, and he's still... You know, Ox is still like not even sniffing the midfield. You know what I mean? I mean, you put Lalana on the pitch in crutches or a wheelchair oh. before you start. Nailed on, dude. Absolutely. No question. So I think the main more FPL question is Salah versus Coutinho. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you're that, shouting. That's Coutinho. more. Yeah, that's more of a tit. Yeah. 
So you're shouting Coutinho coming into the left side in the front three, and, and they're going to go with the midfield three with Hendo, Chan, Wijnaldum probably. Um, yeah. Sturt should be on the bench unless if Klopp wants to you know, be a sadist and struggle to score one goal a game, he could start Sturridge again. Yeah, you could always do that. You have a point two difference, which is not even something worth sneezing about. Do you think that the lack of pace for Mane and, and, and the lack of dynamism up, up front without Phil in the, in the midfield three supplying them, makes him a, a better or worse shout than him playing in the front three compared to Salah. That was confusing wording to me. Say that again. I don't know what I said. <laughs> Are you asking me if Phil is better at left wing or Phil is better at midfield? I'm asking basically... <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're getting a this little going, loose early. Yeah, okay. This is going wrong. Basically, with Mane out, you have less firepower up front. Yes. When Mane's in, you have Phil in the midfield three. So he is supplying them, and then he's also taking his pot shots from distance, and he's still you know, taking his indirect set pieces. Is that better for him, or is it better for him to be in the front three without Mane? Maybe more... I think it's still better goals. for him to be in the front three because of his just like kind of natural reluctance to actually get in the box. He'd rather just shoot from outside the box. When he's in the front three, he's just so much further forward all the time. I think like the most underrated part of his game is his like work rate and his tackling and stuff. So when he's in midfield, he'll he'll track back and go deep and go get the ball and try and link play. But when he's really just like left winger, left forward even, he's just always up there, you know, just begging to be cut in on his right foot and just and whip one in and even though he loves a shot outside the box, last year he was shooting inside the box more often than this year just by nature being that far forward. You know what I mean? So I think that's just better for Phil. I mean, we never really – we didn't really get to see the see the four together to see if Phil was going to you know, be like getting more assists and less shots or anything like that. They barely played together. So I think it's just better for him. It's – probably more comfortable for him at this point, and I think it's just good. I mean, I think they're both really good picks. I I, I guess I would lean towards Coutinho um, just for more proven success. I mean, he was so good last year. FPL, he's been getting better FPL in FPL for every season, and now assuming he's in the front three, I think it's great for him, but there is a little bit of a chance that he's not in the front three, and I don't know, our attack could just be really bad. Yeah, I mean, it's stats tell you that Liverpool attack is worse without Mane. Um, doesn't Definitely. take a rocket scientist to think that, but I think if anything, having if you have your Liverpool midfielder already in place, you just got to hold. At this you just point. hold your guy. Yeah, they're both really good picks. Yeah, but there's no need to double if you're wild carding. I would not fault the wild card team to not have any of them. Because there are a lot of other good players to pick, and Liverpool attack is a lot more shit when Mane's not in there. So it's not surprising to think that you know they've got the next two couple fixtures are tough, and then even those easy bus fixtures without Mane, I, they could struggle. So I, I suspect some more of the same from Liverpool struggling to struggling to score more than two goals. Again. I don't know. I think it'd be foolish to not have a midfielder on wild card. I, I have to disagree there. I mean, he didn't. Mane didn't play against Burnley or Leicester. They scored four goals in those two games. You know, like the the Salah and Coutinho, the guys we're talking about, 
Coutinho double return against Leicester and scored against Newcastle. Salah scored against Leicester, scored against Burnley. Like, they're still just going to be good. I think, like, you're not going to see Salah getting in any different sort of positions because Mane is not in the team. Even though I rate Mane higher than him, and I think Mane is really, really good, I still think the front three of Coutinho, Firmino, Salah is just going to keep shooting a lot and creating a lot of chances and doing the same sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't agree. I, I just think that you guys always struggle when Mane's not in there. And, you know, you cite the, the Leicester game with the three goals you hang your hat on, but realistically you got one against Newcastle, one against Burnley, one against Palace. Um, you know, you, you take your games, you know, you four against Arsenal, which is nice, but it's, it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation with Liverpool midfield and Liverpool attack full stop going back to the end of last season. I, uh, I, I wouldn't fault a team for not, not on, on wild card, not picking one of them. That's crazy to me. They're still at price at a premium. And when you can get someone like David Silva, Sterling, someone in I City know, for a million. Salah million returns less. every week, you know, it's like Yeah, no, he's been he's been doing fine, but he's also again at a premium. I, I, do you think he's gonna really do a lot better than Ericsson on a fully settled side? They have they have United and Spurs coming up, they have buses coming up. They're they're in theory better than they prove to be time and time again. And it seems like they're in that rut that they haven't snapped out of, of struggling to score the first goal, struggling to get it together, and they've been having poor European performances, poor league performances, injuries. Damn, you are buying There's, into the media hype full. No, it's not full. media hype. It, this is, these are just fat. These are facts. Yeah, I mean, I mean this, is, this is media hype. We're, we're talking about FPL, and you're talking about their like, European form. I don't give a fuck. Salah returns every week in FPL. He's third overall. He's a really, really good pick. FPL only. Yeah, yeah, no, and I have him, and I'm fine with him, but I'm not faulting a team for not putting him in your wild card team. I can, I'm talking myself out of why he's good. I still think he's going to get into those positions and still score and return and be fine. Yeah. But there are a lot of players to choose from, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah, okay, okay. I just think there's not that many midfielders that are actually like... You know, there's Ericsson, David, Richarlison, Alexis, I guess. There's not but that really, many guys. We're only fitting two premiums in our teams, so that's two players. Like We could talk about Hazard and Alexis, maybe, if they're going to come into the fold. We should talk about Eric- that. Everyone wants to talk about them. Yeah, I mean, Ericsson's there. The, the City boys are there. But we're not going 3-4-3 three, three with a light defense and a lot of money in midfield yeah, with a cheap third yeah. striker. We have two premium midfielders in our team, so it makes the slots a lot more contentious and a lot mm-hmm. more difficult. So, um, so let's let's go over to uh, Hazard. And we should talk about of. Hazard because yeah, everyone everyone on it basically in all of the FPL world sucks Hazard's dick all the time, except you. So why? <laughs> <laughs> First of all, <laughs> you're the you're the hazard hater. Well, okay, he's never a captaincy option. So if you're paying Fact. over ten, if you're paying over ten for someone who's never a captaincy option, that immediately devalues that player on your and team. And for people who don't know we're, what we're talking about, just look at his past. He scores very, very unpredictably and inconsistently. You know, when like he scores, games, it's a huge like, haul. But he's like, not going to score in like. Home bankers. He's not like that. You know, you don't. You're not captaining him. Home palace where he scores a brace or something. He scores his braces in weird, 
bad games or ba- on paper bad fixtures, and that's when he gets his haul. It's just not like it's not a Kane, it's not Lukaku, like yeah. yeah. And he's just not really that lethal. I mean, he doesn't really have braces in him. He's not going to unless if he gets one on a pen, and then he gets yeah, one in open play. Pens, yeah. His his shot statistics throughout his career have just never been that prolific, like yeah, Alexis, yeah. where he's taking so many shots and he's just increasing the likelihood of him getting returns from right, goals. Right. And he takes you know, maybe two a game and he's really good when he shoots, but the volume's not there. So he doesn't have those hat tricks or braces in him. And again, he's ten five. He's the second most expensive midfielder in the game and yeah, he's the same price have, as Jesus. He's more expensive than Morata and Lacazette. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they have a sea of green fixtures coming up, and he's definitely going to get points, but he's always going to be the player I would look at to downgrade to free up funds to do something else because you're not captaining him and you're paying 10-5 on him, and you can only afford so many players like that. The other thing this year I think that is even more of a detractor for him is that you have Lukaku and Kane who both are absolutely killing it and they're 11 or over both of them so it makes it even that much more difficult to fit in a third 10 plus million player in your team but also that Murata's cheaper and he's obviously better on the albeit you have a small sample size he already has a hat trick in him granted he's a little bit injured right now but if you're looking at those two on a straight swap I mean give me Captain Murata and a home banker all day. He's yeah. a very captainable asset. And you didn't even he mention has... the City boys. I mean, Aguero will be back eventually, but Jesus, yeah. in, the, in the meantime, is also, you know, same price. Yeah, I... He's very captainable in a, in a good fixture. I mean, Murata has eight returns, and he's only started six or five of the seven games so far. Or he got subbed off the last one. He's playing limited minutes, and he has eight returns in seven game weeks. So you, you cannot do better than that. We know that his international qualities, he's a fucking world-class player, he's fucking from Unreal. They didn't get him from Katafe. So <laughs> when you have someone like Murata who's cheaper than Hazard, it's not a, there's no question there. So there's so many things stacked against Hazard. I'm like, oh, good, he fucking scored against Cyprus today. Like, let's bring him in. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't fucking matter. It's ridiculous. I know. Uh, People love shouting out that shit. Like, every, like, United fan when Lukaku scores against Cyprus on Twitter is always, like, freaking out. Like, oh, Lukaku scores every game. Like, dude, oh, my God. How many games does Belgium need to win? Like, 8-0 against the worst country in the world before we, like, don't just ignore all of this shit. They're always in a group with Cyprus, Gibraltar, and San Marino. Yeah, right. Luxembourg. I feel like those are the shit. teams they play exclusively. Yeah, it does seem that way. I mean, that's basically my hazard thing. I, he's going to get points. And yeah, if I mean, you want to just sit and forget. That dissimilar to, Ke- to Kev, who we both no, yeah, had to not. start the season. And we were both like, we're going to hold him long term. No question. We both obviously transferred him out. And now he's flying. But if you hold Hazard really long-term, talking multiple months, like you have to do with Kev to reap his benefits, then he's going to get points. There, you know, he, He's consistently, at the end of the season, among the top midfielders. But if you're looking for some sort of like, if you're looking at these green fixtures and looking at maybe captaining him or just bringing him in for a little and then transferring him out, then you're doing Hazard very wrong, and you will not be happy, most likely. Yeah, I mean, think, again, the other thing is, like, Ericsson. 
If Ericsson now he's at nine seven, but he started off a million cheaper. Ericsson is the least sexy FPL player you can get. I had him in game week one. I kept him through wild card. I still have him. And who's the number one point scoring for midfielders? Ericsson. He's going to be there, but he's not a captaincy option at nine five. Right, that's he's more similar. palatable. Yeah, that's more palatable. But at ten five, you need to be able to captain that player on home bankers. You you need to be able to have that captaincy rotation if you're spending that much money on a on a slot in your team. You don't have that with Hazard, so it's a tough one. But it's again, tough. I, I, but I if think you can right find now, a way to bring him in, yeah, I mean he's gonna he's gonna have his fair share of one goal. Clean sheet, ten pointers, max bonus, max, ten pointer, exactly. like eleven, ten or eleven pointer, you know, and that's just what he does. But so when's it going to come? I have no idea. I want to segue with this because I think it's a similar thing with Alexis. And granted, the price points are even that much more drastically different: ten, five, eleven, nine. But eleven, both of these, both of these crazy. players are absolute rock bottom differentials at this point. No one has either in their teams. No yeah. active managers really have either. Yeah. I'm a lot more intrigued by Alexis because he is someone I feel like you can pinpoint when he's going to score his goals. I feel like he's very good in away games when he's playing, they're playing on the counter. And I feel like he is an explosive captaincy option. And he's someone where I'm looking at the near term about a way to chunk rise. He's the kind of player that's not going he's, he's going to get double digit 15 pointers or he has braces in him because of his, his stats. And they've got at Watford, at Everton, home Swansea in the next three. No one has him. And he's the kind of player that is more interesting to me than Hazard just because I think you can captain him in realistically all of those all of those games. So yeah, if you're on Wildcard, he, he's super interesting. I mean, it really comes down to like Alexis versus Lukaku or Jesus or something like that because you got to have Kane, right? We both agree on that. Kane is, if I'm on wild card, the first name in my team sheet, no question. And then there's not, you can't really have more than three of these guys. So you're either going to have Kane plus one heavy hitting striker on Alexis, or you're going to have just Kane and like two heavy hitting midfielders, something like that, and a mid price forward or something. But yeah, it's it's super hard to to weigh. I don't know how to how to weigh like Alexis versus Jesus, but I think one thing that you kind of came around on last year when you were going three five two is that midfielders just get so many more points. Like they they're good on bonus. They get the extra points for the goals. They get the extra points for the clean sheets, which which add up. So I could definitely see a world where Alexis is outscoring Lukaku and Jesus who are the guys he's really competing with, especially over these next three, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's easy. Yeah, definitely, I think that's possible. Very and possible. It's just the kind of thing that you, you need to look at him now because his stats are getting back up there from the last game. His and stats the last almost, game were fucking crazy. Yeah, and he's almost playing centrally. I mean, the formation, he just has free run, and he was, he was you know, he was getting up there ahead of Lacazette a lot of times, and he's just shooting so much. So Yeah, I think it's kind he's... of like a 5-3-2. Like, it's not really... He's not really left wing. I, I agree with you. I think it's kind of... It's kind of him and Lacazette are the two forwards. One midfielder behind them, which will be Ozil. This game, last game, is a Wobi. And then there's the two central midfielders, and then there's the back five, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, he's playing centrally a little bit, and he's just looking good. So, 
I but think Lexus is definitely viable. There's also the the Lacazette argument, which is not that dissimilar to Morata versus Hazard, though. You know, like he didn't return against Brighton, but he scored two goals against West Brom. He's he's still really good, and he's 1.5 million cheaper, which is pretty crazy. I don't know. Yeah, the things I see different is like Lacazette's getting subbed every game, which you know I feel. Yeah, like and he's not he's not selfish. Like like he's Alexis. not selfish. He floats in and out of games, and he's also not done it away so far. So yeah, that's true. He's he's much less proven. Yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alexis is just a proven asset. Murata's kind of reversed that, where he's just been absolutely prolific so far, and he's the tip at the end of the spear for Chelsea. Whereas the tip at the end of the spear for Arsenal is Alexis always, and Lacazette's going to be feeding on off scraps of whatever Alexis will give him. Kind of, I think you know. Yeah, that's just kind of I mean, the way all of Arsenal works, it seems like. And yeah. He fucking but, shot eight times last week. Yeah, but it's 11-9 is out of control expensive. He's the second most expensive player in the game. So like you're saying, you can only have so many of these premium assets. In. Yeah, you start with him He's, and Kane and fuck, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to build around that. So that's why I think with Alexis, it's more of, Picking a short-term window if you want to captain him in a couple games and then downgrade him and, and redistributing the funds elsewhere because it just imbalances the side so much. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in Alexis. Maybe I'll bring him yeah. in on like a free hit one of these upcoming weeks. <laughs> yeah, week, should, week, everyone should be interested in him. Week ten, Kane is fucking at Old Trafford. I'm gonna free hit in Alexis. For home Swansea and captain him. All right, we'll talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> talk about that 10 pods from now. That, that's on, though. Um, so there are a couple more game theory things I want to talk about. I think another big, big topic right now is really looking at city assets versus Chelsea assets, specifically yeah. in defense. Philip Philip the, Nielsen had that exact question. He said, we're taking yeah. hits to, is it worth taking hits to bring in Chelsea City players? as quick as possible or too much of a gamble. And he just wanted our thoughts on Nima to Otamendi or Louise. What's more valuable city or Chelsea defense. It's so tough. They're the two teams yeah. though right now. Yeah. Noel and our share also on, on Slack. We're talking about it. So let's start at the defense. I, the one thing that keeps standing out to me when I keep looking at it is the city defenders are so much cheaper than the yeah. Chelsea defenders. Yeah. Because going and, into the season, I mean, honestly, incorrectly by our mind, because we were always believers in city defense, but going into the season, the wide, the wider perspective of the world in EPL is that Chelsea's the best defense in the league, hands down, no one can touch them. So all their defenders are the fucking most expensive things ever. And that city is like a mad defense, but a top team, which is you know obviously not the case. Yeah, they've been debunking it with Pep. I mean... We've got the center backs now, five six, five seven with Stones Otamendi. The company probably won't play again until twenty twenty. Actually, like the quotes about company are so reminiscent of fucking Danny Rose. It's just no, like he's, company he's won't be involved for Belgium. He didn't make one training session for a month. It's like okay, he's fucking dead. He's going to like Antarctica to have like peng- <laughs> yeah. penguin fetuses rubbed on his calves. Yeah, blood transfusion after blood transfusion, all Felix, the babies. Felix McGatt's rubbing cheese on him all over <laughs> his body. It's like, 
<laughs> so I mean, when you have those players at five six five seven and they have five cleans on the bounce and through seven fit game weeks or eight or wherever the fuck we are right now, it's so cheap. When you're looking at the same thing of someone like David Luiz, who is a red card shout liability at five nine, and then you're going up to six six seven zero for Chelsea defenders. I still love Chelsea defense, and they have so many good fixtures for a clean sheet perspective. But love, I, think the, I mean, we I we think, both want both, right? I want three of both, and I want to play six <laughs> zero two. Yeah, I'd kill but, for that formation. But and when we're comparing, at the, yeah, yeah, looking at the price is king to me, and I think that the city assets, given the price, is just where to go right now because the fixtures are equally outstanding for City. Yeah, and I think and if you're comparing Stones and Otamendi, you got to go Stones, even though it's fucking Stones. And he's... Stones. In the Stones. He's the joke of the world and FPL sore from last season. But like you said with Louise, it's a red card shout. Otamendi's a fucking red card shout every game. Like, he is an absolute psychopath. And he's actually racking up the yellows to, to back it. I mean, he's probably gonna get a yellow ban but you know he just needs two more yellows in the next 11 game weeks and uh, he's gonna get a red one of these games they're basically equal on in the in the bps bonus point system so i would just go stones like he's he's harmless he wouldn't hurt a fly dude he's just he's just there he's just happy to be there he's just happy that someone thinks he's good at football so he gets to play I mean, he just says dildos and dicks thrown at his face. And just bounce <laughs> off. He's still smiling. He doesn't. I forgot fuck. about that. What was that again? Where did dildos know. get thrown at his face come from? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think Kyle Walker's also an interesting one though at six five. Yeah. He's gonna make. He's gonna be getting those side passes. Well, that's like, the thing. That's, is he's that, king of that. It's like when we're talking about all every defense. There's like the value guys, which are almost always exclusively center backs. And then there's the actual best pick who's going to score the most points, and that's probably, in this case, Kyle Walker on Chelsea, yeah. Alonso, Aspilicueta, maybe, yeah. Moses, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Walker right, gets so, assists. Yeah. Yeah, so TLDR, both defenses are great. Wedge whomever you want. I think for a differential shout, doubling on either, I would prefer to do than splitting your bets and going one on one just because I love that. Well, um, Chelsea to me. Also, much more than City, I I think I'd rather have two Chelsea defenders than one Chelsea defender, one Chelsea attacker. Like we were well, saying, all-, all of last season, there's the Chelsea attackers are kind of all overpriced, and you're not getting good value. I mean, you can't really compare Chelsea's attack to Man City's attack. You know, I'd rather you could go double City attack without batting a fucking hit lash or whatever the expression is and and you're flying you know they're scoring the most goals in the league they they're uh, by all stats they deserve to be scoring the most goals in the league Chelsea are like yeah they they attack sometimes they'll score some goals sometimes but you know not they're not gonna like score five and six nils like City are unless they play that Stoke defense more more times you know yeah, I mean, so let's look at that because a lot of people on wildcard this week, for example, definitely going three city. There's no question about that. Yeah. Do you go triple attack and get someone like Silva, Jesus, uh, Sterling? Do you I think have I would a go defender in there. Jesus, Silva, Stones. That's at least how I would start the structure of my like city team. Okay, and, and then, then same I, with Chelsea. It's yeah. kind of like Murata. 
I mean, Marat is a big question mark because we still don't have that much information. Pocono drew on Slack asking, what do we do with Marata? I mean, well, if he's you, you be have Marata. What are you doing with Marata? Well, I mean, right now they're talking about him being fit. They're trying to get him fit for the Roma game, meaning he's going to miss the weekend. I want to talk about this later because it's it's way too deep. Okay, well, right. we'll do our teams after this. Yeah, section. it's too yeah. much. But I think, by and large, I'm not interested in Pedro, any of those fucking midfielders. I would have one or two Chelsea defenders if I was wild carding. Probably David Luiz, maybe Courtois if I could fund that. But City having three is a no question. You have to have three City players right now based on what they look like and the value because there's a lot of value in the midfield. They have Jesus and Aguero were both priced at ten and a half, eleven and a half, whatever the fuck before the season started. But no one thought that Sterling was going to be playing every day, and he's fucking priced at eight. Like that's a gem. Silva's nailed. He's he's been rising, but he's still under eight five. I mean, that, that's value. So I think I would probably go with the same that you said. You got to have Jesus in there with Aguero out, no question. And then probably Sterling and Stones. I would definitely think about doubling the defense and, and skewing. Sterling, though, because Sterling is a transfer waiting to happen. It's a very short-term yeah, move. When Aguero transfer, comes back, yeah. you know, I still am ne- convinced by him, no matter how centrally or far forward he's ever playing. Yeah, I never think that he's going to come in with a brace like he's fucking Sterling. Sport, sporting app on Twitter said, how much does getting burned by a player in the past influence your transfers? Oh and then God. follow-up, follow-up One, question was, do you think Sterling can provide sustained returns? So we know we know who has burned him in the past. Like he's not hiding it well. I that's mean, that's just hilarious. That's a hilarious double question. Yeah, it's a fantastic question. Yeah. But I mean, that's why I think you know you could go double defense and get Ederson and and him or Otamendi and right. Stones. Right, Ederson, and I didn't even mention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just stack yourself for eleven million, and you're getting a and you're getting eight points per clean for them. That's pretty big. To me, Sterling's a piece of shit. So you could get someone else. I mean, there are plenty of good. I, give me fucking Richarlison and two million in the bank for Sterling. He's ten times the player. From so what life. do we do? We're starting a team right now. Me and you are combined wild carding a team of like Courtois, Louise, Stones, Silva, Jesus. That's pretty sick. No, no, no. no. It would be Courtois, Louise, Stones, Otamendi, Ward. Fodder. <laughs> we would have Lukaku, Kane. Uh, I don't know. Someone. You don't want Jesus? Some other, uh, yeah, 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 Jesus. Good, good, good. Richarlison, some other guys, like some friends. You know, it'd be great. Ah, this is a good team. It's a good team. I uh, could take a minus 30 and just get it right now. Yeah, I have wild card. I could just pop it. Pop a little Papa John's for you. <laughs> um. I think another thing we got to talk about is United. You know, we got the four perceived tough fixtures coming up. Um, got Liverpool, Huddersfield, which is as good as it gets, but then Spurs, Chelsea, gimmicks ten and eleven. Tough. Everyone's yeah. got at least everyone's got at least two assets: uh, Lukaku and a lot of teams, McTarry and a lot of teams, Jones uh, potentially another defender in some teams. What are you doing? What do you think? I mean, I think we're both in the same boat, right? You only have Lukaku Jones. Yeah. I think they're just set and forget for the fucking season until one of them gets injured or loses their spot. I mean, they're both such good picks, such consistent returners. And we know from Moo's past that the 
more difficult the fixture, the more he's going to, you know, just shut down a game and play for a nil-nil or a one-nil. So those games are, are as good of clean sheet shots as any. You know, it's going to be full on like Herrera ripping jerseys off of people's backs and Fellaini fucking like kneeing people in the balls. Just like Fellaini's time, out. time, you know what I mean, though. Time wasting from the beginning, like elbows flying everywhere. Like it's just going to be a mess, but... Phil Jones is still going to be racking up cleans, I think, and bonus points. So I don't even look at the fixtures when I'm when I'm considering Phil Jones in this defense. Lukaku, I mean, I mentioned earlier, I think you could make a very tangible case that, you know, someone like Alexis outscores him in the short term or maybe even Jesus outscores him in the, in the short term. But it's not really worth a lateral transfer that way, I don't think. And... You know, I mean, at Liverpool is not a bad fixture. They're they're letting up goal, goals like crazy. We talked about this last week. At Huddersfield's an incredible fixture. Spurs Chelsea is not great, but then right after that, Lukaku is like almost a must own with home Newcastle, home Brighton at Watford. So you're gonna just transfer a guy out for two fixtures. It's not really doesn't make sense. Like free transfers are more valuable than that than making a two week you know, punt out of them. So, I mean, for me, they're holds. If I had Mkhitaryan, I'd be bugging out and probably rage transferring him out. But even Mkhitaryan, I mean, someone asked me earlier today about taking a hit to take him out, and I was like, no way. There's just no way. Like, not with these He's not injured. He's not injured. He's still nailed. He's going to start even if he only plays 70 minutes. You know, no Pogba. He's still going to be, like, uh, maybe the farthest forward midfielder. He's still, you know, a good shout for returns in these, you know, if you're looking more than just the next four, if you're looking the next seven game weeks, he has a really good chance of returning in a lot of those fixtures. So you hold him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you're talking about a hit for McTarney. I'm talking just about a hit. Just, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, definitely, that's a different hits, thing. All right, all right. So we'll, we'll box that. But I want to go back to, you know, the defense, I agree with you. I think that, there really aren't any any bad fixtures for the Mourinho defense right now, the way they look. Nothing would be less surprising than them playing three center backs, five back against Liverpool this weekend. Oh, yeah. Mourinho could just point to the injuries that he's suffered and he couldn't do anything else, and they just shut up shop to play play for a nil-nil or a one-nil on the counter. But Herrera, look, red card nailed. Yeah, but I think something with Lukaku that I keep, I've been going around and around in, in circles in my head about yeah, is that yeah. When it comes down to it, we watch the games, we see how players look, and, and we base our decisions on FPL based on what we see. And we see players play poorly, and then we get rid of them. We see players play well, and we want to get them in. Lukaku has played poorly all season, and he is at right up there at the top point scores for forwards in the game. There's no disputing that. Every fucking FPL podcast you listen to, listener, says the same thing. Scoutcast, every fucking outfit. I haven't listened he is, to him. He's fucking bad every game, yeah. but he scores every game. Yeah. So they will be bad against the good teams. He will continue to look bad because he's a fucking donkey, but he fucking scores. And Well, here's the, the thing same also. Kind of, it's like... Another way to look at that, even a more like glasses half full point of view, is like he's not always this bad. You know, he has runs of good form. 
if he's scoring every week and he looks as bad, like that just means when he's in form, when he has those, you know, like we've we've all had Lukaku in the past. He has hat trick four goal potential when he was on Everton. That's gonna come also. You know, he he didn't just like lose that. He's playing like fucking absolute shit. He looks like the slowest, worst player on the pitch and he's scoring every week. There's gonna be a hat trick soon. Well, you know, one within the next yeah, no, I there's a hundred percent he's gonna score. One hundred percent he will have a hat trick by December. There's no question about that. Yeah, so you know And like, it's that's the kind of thing is that yeah, fixture is good, bad, whatever. He's in one of the best teams in the league. He's in or out of form. It doesn't matter. He's still scoring. There's just no reason to not have him. You're overthinking it. You're trying to be too clever. You're not going to win FPL by going differential in game week eight. He's highly owned. He's been doing it every week. There's just no reason to get rid of him. You're, you're trying to overthink and out-clever the, the field, and you're just going to get burned. So I, I mean, think we're, we're, we're coming from two guys who both agreed together on this pod to get rid of Mares in the Mares magical season when he was dropped and he was out of form and Lester weren't scoring and he fucking destroyed us. He took us to town. You know, I mean, we, this is, this is our MO. Like, yeah. This we is our look at this learned. and we say, okay, these fixtures are bad. He's not going to keep it up. Let's get this rogue differential. And then, he does okay. Our differential sucks because he's a differential for a reason because <laughs> he fucking sucks because yeah, exactly. no one has him. <laughs> and then we just get fucked and it's not worth it. Like, give me the differentials at the fourth defender spot. Like, give me the Davis Hall and then the Ward Hall and then I'm flying and I'm playing the long game, still 30 weeks to go. Getting rid of Lukaku is just fucking madness to me. Not yeah, even I think it's it. a bit of madness. I you look at some people's wild card tinkers that they've sent in. I mean, honestly, Eddie from Slack is coming to mind because his strike force right now is fucking Hosselu, Mitrovic, and Kane. I'm just like, dude, I don't know. That is fucking madness. Like, yeah, I think he had one of them in just for price holding or something. Oh, I thought that was his actual team. No, no, he had one of them in just okay, for... Okay, okay, sorry, Eddie. Fucking mug winner Eddie knows more than me anyway. But in general, I, I got on a little tangent there. We talk about Lukaku a lot. It's a little bit annoying. I, don't want to I mean, he's him. very, you know, he's very relevant. He's probably <laughs> the highest own. He's going to be the highest owned player in all of FPL for the entire season, I would say. Yeah. And then I think last thing I want to really talk about before we got into our teams the weekend, blah, 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 is the third striker spot continues. I think it's just kind of continues a theme from, yeah, theme from last season where we couldn't find that budget third striker option that we could kind of set and forget like we've been used to in three, four seasons past. Yeah, we and found him for very little, and then he got injured. Yeah. Chaz and Austin, rip. This season, you know, I have Marotta in at my third striker. I've got three 10 million-plus players up, up top, and the balance on the side really suffers. And I find myself thinking I'm, I'm not going to be making up enough points throughout the squad when I have $35 million invested in my strike force. So I keep looking at the fucking forwards in the game, and other than Jamie Vardy, twat mode, from 8-5 and under, I see a, 
an absolute vast piece of shit everywhere. <laughs> yeah, your namesake, Joe Walsh, tweeted in, is there any point starting mid-price mid strikers or is there money better spent elsewhere? So, so I mean, there, there's just absolutely nothing. It's just I, I dog was, shit, right? I, I spent like 20 minutes today looking at Rashford. Like, I, was, I, I, I have him written down on my list right now, Rashford. Yeah, and then He's the a guy. first... No, but then I went to the United Fan Forum, and the first four teams I saw did not have him in there. And I was like, okay, like that tells me all I need. Yeah, how the fuck do they not have him in there? I mean, he's only blanked three. They don't have him in there because Martial is fucking five times the player. Yeah, he shouldn't be in. He should not be in the team. Rashford should not be starting for them. He's good though. Yeah, he's definitely great, but he's fucking ten years old, and Martial is five times the player. So then he's an actual midfielder. And the team would be better if it was playing. But anyway, there's just there are no good players. I mean, you have like King, Wood, King maybe injured now, Defoe. I mean, it's just there's Abraham. He's bad. Rooney's fucking bad again. What about, I, I, what about Andy Carroll? Are you still in on him? No, come on. <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, no, there's, there, absolutely there's really nothing. nothing. I mean. Yeah, Hostel is getting a lot of big chances, whatever. I'd still stand by the fact that I'd rather spend 4.5 on a dead player who it doesn't even exist in the league and spend my money elsewhere and start two up top. So that's where, where, where I would like to go is, I mean, is that the, is that the move? I mean, is the team with well, a 10.5 million third striker better than a team where you have a 4.5 million third striker and you put six million into your defense and midfield, and you go either three five two or four four two. I think the striker way is better. I think three heavy hitting is better. I just think the 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 idea of a balanced squad just like feels good. You know, it like looks good, it feels, feels great. good. You're feels like, great. oh, I have a good defense. I have a good midfield. Like, oh, this is a good like fucking FIFA team and it's balanced and like, oh, I'm, I'm Pep Guardiola of FPL, dude. Like, this is fucking sick. But like, Dep, it doesn't actually matter. I just want, like, the three guys I have right now, Kane, Lukaku, Jesus, like, they might be the three highest scoring players in all of FPL by the end of the season. Like, is that good? It seems pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck balance. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'll have like all of the Chalabas with all the three highest scoring players on my team. You know, I don't care. So that's so you you like the three heavy hitters up top. I like the three heavy hitters. I mean, forwards like last year was the anomaly where like midfielders kind of ruled. Forwards traditionally have been the highest scoring players, and I think this year with the crop of forwards that we have up top, which is like five or six guys. You know, given Aguero Morata are hurt right now, five or six guys who are like legit captain most weeks, and the amount of like bottom fucking shit ass sides that are in the league, like that, I just think they're just going to keep flying. Like I think we're talking about Lukaku just now. We both have the same feelings. We both shouted Kane earlier as like an almost must have, and then like, you know. Jesus, Morata, Lacazette—they're all cheaper than Hazard and Sanchez, and they're all incredible. And Kuhn is the number one scoring guy, you know, and he's hurt, so he'll be back soon. I don't know. I just think this is just the year of the forward for me—year of defenders right. and forwards. Forwards 
in. Yeah, man, forwards are fucking in, dude. I mean, I don't All know. All right. All right, bro. I mean, like you that. never know. Like, it's still relatively early in the season. Maybe shit will change. But in this moment, I just, I want all of the forwards. Can't see past the forwards. I just can't see past the top guys. I just think they're all unbelievably good and incredible picks. All right, dude. So let's let's go to our teams and wrap this because we're getting long. So let me see if there's any it. other big question. Oh, this was one one more good question. There's oh, a lot of questions. Be good. I better like be this good. one. Well, he's a new. He's also a new ass slop, so it's good to shout him out. Luke Benson, absolute legend. Ben he said he, he wanted us to to, com, to compare weekly enjoyment versus our final position. He said I'm less concerned about four point hits this year. It's worth it if I'm buzzing about my team going into the game week. So Benson's just taking that. hits every week. Yeah, I mean, taking hits is the same as just blowing lines of cup. <laughs> yeah, it's just just it's shooting just your vein direct line in. Just yeah. Okay. Well, that's heroin. I was talking about cup, but you know what I mean. That it's an outstanding feeling. If you want to take hits, it's fun. You, you do it. You know, you just fucking do it. I mean, your team's always better because you're not like bringing players in who suck. So you're always going to be happier with your team, but the the cost is is there to be to be seen. I mean, you're going to take hits, and then you're going to come out come out minus twenty yeah. instead of like minus four because <laughs> the guy you transferred out like scores, and the guy you brought in gets a fucking Britos red card. So and the know. guy you transferred in gets hurt midweek, and then a minus four no, no, no. turns into a minus no, no, no. twelve, and then you're fucking no, no, no. well. And it's just that the drug analogy just lives on and on, you know. And before you know it, you're just Sucking dick in the back alley just for a taste of De Gea, you know? <laughs> but it's really fun. <laughs> when you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down, man. But you always wanna you always wanna get that sex tape with De Gea. Exactly, yeah, I mean. Maybe a little Matthew Vel Vel Buena popping out of the closet. Oh my you, don't God, know. I you don't know what you're gonna say. We're dipping back in a fantasy Euro pod. Holy yeah. shit. You could go anyway. Classic shit. Um, so going our teams, like Marata's kind of thing. So they're talking about getting him for Roma. I haven't, my team still haven't gotten rid of him. I'm leaning towards saving him or just holding him and, and saving the free because I can't get to Jesus unless if I take a hit, which I don't want to do. And I don't want Vardy because fuck Vardy. And I don't want anyone else. So I don't know what to do. Yeah, and it seems like he's just going to miss one game. Yeah. And if he only misses one game, it's absolutely 100% the correct decision, I think, to keep him. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a hypothetical because they're trying to get him fit for Roma. I mean, if, if that's the information that we have come deadline, you know, he, they could all of a sudden be yeah, like, we'll oh, he wasn't Friday, ready. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it's like a late fitness check for the weekend, you know. And then he doesn't start. He's on the bench. Like we've seen this with Baines in the past, where yeah, yeah. he's seemingly gonna start next week, and then he's out for fucking a month. So it's a tough one, like balancing that. But yeah, it could it could avalanche yeah, out it, of control. Yeah, but yeah, it could do so. I'm I'm still gonna wait to see kind of what information I get at the weekend. But as of right now, I have Stevens who could come in for maybe a three pointer against Everton. Which feels fine, but I just I don't really want to drop down to Vardy or go anywhere else with the spot. What happened to your Vardy, love? I feel like you just a week ago were like kind of into him. I don't know. I'm just 
I have a hard time with Vardy just because Leicester, you know, they're a mid-table side at best. Leicester's bad. Yeah, and I don't think they're bad. I think they're. I think they're no, going to finish twelfth. But they've 12th, been bad. Yeah. But I think you know, twelfth, eleventh. That's probably where they're going to finish. He's priced at eight five, which, on balance, based on what he did in their title winning season, seems okay. But based on what he did last season, is not a, a bargain. I mean, that's that's market price. You know, he's not an explosive player, and. He's scored some goals against tough sides so far, but I just don't get excited by him. And yeah, I mean, they've I had an incredibly difficult schedule, and now they have a really good run. I think the case can be made for Vardy, but again, if, if there's a chance that Morata's just missing one match, I think, I think Morata is that much better than him, as, you, as you're pointing out, kind of. Yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing where Vardy's like a very obvious move just because he's somewhat in form and their fixtures get better, but I also don't know what good or bad fixtures are like for yes. Leicester because they I was play thinking on the, the same thing, especially for a guy like Vardy who relies so heavily on countering and pace, which you'd think kind of plays into the fact that maybe he can like brace against Arsenal and score against Chelsea and Liverpool on the counter. You know, but he blanks against Bournemouth and Brighton. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if a good fixture is good for Vardy. I don't, I see home West Brom and at Swansea, two buses, and I'm like, is that really good for Vardy? He's not like going to skillfully break down a team, you know? And there's not space to run behind those teams. So I'm not really sure. Right. And for those reasons, I'm just not that interested. Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't fault that. We'll both be fucking clenching our ass cheeks, though, and hoping he doesn't score because everyone's bringing him in, it seems like. Yeah, he's, he's making his way into a lot of teams. Yeah, we need, we need him to blank. Yeah, but I, th- I think more, more often than not, if, if news becomes a little more pessimistic towards the end of the week, that I would rather take a hit to get Jesus in than, than downgrade him to Vardy. Um, so we'll see, but I mean that's really where I'm at. I, my team's fine, you know. Brady needs shifting, but overall, I, I like my defense, and I mean I'm in good shape. You know, I mean I'm either going to yeah. save and 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 play a shitty ass team this week and bench Morata, or maybe I'll do something like Foster down to to a four zero and bump Morata to Jesus or you know something like that. Yeah, yeah. But that's really all. I'm, it's really just about Morata. That's good, okay. and that's and then, a good I mean, position to be in. Obviously, Captain Kane. What, what are you looking at? I mean, I, I just realized, I think I forgot to mention on last pod that I made my transfer on fucking Sunday. I made my transfer during game week seven. Um, the day after the Man City game, there was all the Mendy news. Already was out. He was dead. We already knew that. And Davies was coming off a fucking million-pointer. And I just was, fuck it, I'm just doing Mendy to Davies right now. Make sure I catch the Davies price rise. And the reason, another reason why I did it so early is that I have wildcard still. So if it ended up burning me and I had guys get injured on international break or whatever, I would just pop wildcard and just solve that. I ended up, you know, coming out safe from international break. So I'm pretty good right now, too. I mean, I have the same issue with Brady. I wish he was Richarlison. Maybe home West Ham, he'll get something. But my team is pretty fucking stacked, I think. So 
I'm pretty fine right now. I mean, I'll have to make a couple decisions for lineup lambs, but otherwise I'm good to go right now. I'm captaining Kane. Defense is coming around. Good fixtures. I have Lukaku, Kane, Jesus. I don't think you can get any better than that. So I'm pretty good right now. What do you think about Foster versus Elliott? Big big question in my mind for my team. For your team for this week? Yeah, Foster's got um I'd go Elliot. Elliot. I just think it's the best. That's like one of the best fixtures in the league at Southampton. Yeah, and Newcastle good. have been honestly good defensively. Like they're letting up. They have they only have a couple cleans, but they've been tough, you know. They're not letting up a lot of goals. I think this run of at Southampton, home Palace, at Burnley, home Bournemouth, I, I see some cleans there. See some cleans for Nukes? Maybe I'm just too hopeful, but I don't know. I, yeah. Fuck West Brom, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and Vardy in top mode, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. But we're okay. both on Captain Kane, right? Is there anyone else worth shouting for captaincy? Alexis, I think, is the yeah, Watford, that's pretty sexy. Yeah. He's he going to be fucking pissed after Chile got yeah. knocked out of the World Cup. But he just played tonight, and they're fucking at Watford is just salivating that fixture. Yeah, he that's like quite a fixture. Is it still just going to be like Cabasele and Mariapa? Like, that's fucking good. I mean, Britos was fit, and he named him to the bench, so clearly he likes what he's been seeing out of... Uh, Converted left back and his fifth center back oh, suddenly are good. I don't know. Yeah, that's not good. Ugh, I can't believe how bad all the forwards are, man. It's very sad. I wanted a little Josh King action. There's just nothing good there. I wouldn't be surprised if you know five weeks from now there are some guys, but that's just where we are right now. You know, the owls are not what they seem. Like any any day now, there's going to be some dips in forms and some of the top guys and. Fucking Gray and Defoe start scoring, and Chaz Austin has his starting spot, and and we're we're switching up our our tune. But for now, yeah, but that was like for that now. Was, there's even nothing. With, even with Gray, like I was, I wanted to keep an eye on him last week because I was trying to scout. He fucking doesn't he start. Gets benched. Yeah, it's insane. There's no against West Brom. You'd think that that's tailor made for him because he's not a fucking oaf. Against Oaf center backs, he's like tricky and fast. He just bench them. So it's just so many non-starters everywhere. It's, it's yeah. out of control. Yeah. This is, I think, the the least uh, diverse forward group I've ever seen since playing FPL for oh, like, absolutely. Like fifth season. Just like it's, no no one slipped through the cracks is really what we're seeing. You know, it's like well, there are just no there are no good players is what we're seeing. I mean, but I outside feel like of the in premiums, normal in normal seasons like. Some of these guys who are eight-ish would be six-five, and we'd maybe be a little bit interested, you know. But there's just yeah, there's just nothing there. There's really yeah. just fucking nothing there. It's and like, or just don't bother. Just sort sort the forwards by goals, and the first guy who's less than ten million and not named Vardy is Welbeck, and then Okazaki. And Chicharito, who hasn't, you know, he's, he's not playing even, reverse. Out he's of not position. even playing striker, and he's getting pulled early and shit. Tomer okay. Hamed invokes. It's like, what the fuck is this, dude? 
All right, let's get out of here. This is running long. This is ugly, ugly forward line, dude. Holy shit! All right, let's slap some asses. Yeah, this is a long putt. Um, we got so our our patrons of the week, people who donated, subscribed this week to our Patreon.com/slash/fmlpl. They get the uh, prerequisite slap on the anus. So first, we got Yako Kosinen. And we got Simon Norheim. Simon, S-I-M-E-N. I like that. Anthony Sharp. Taryn Kurian. And Luke Benson. Aforementioned Luke Benson. Thanks so much. Yeah, and for Prize League, we're going to be starting new month. Oh, yes. New scoring. New, new month. scoring for next game week. So it's going to be reset. Yeah, if you join. October. If, if you join the Prize League by the game week eight deadline then you're in for the october mug um and whoever scores the most points in october in the league gets a fucking mug yeah and it's only three game weeks it's a very small sample (laughs) who's gonna join and just burn all of their chips is what i want to know it's someone on slack is gonna someone's gonna do that right just someone free hit and triple captain bench booze boom and some someone's doing someone's gonna do it and they're gonna get Destroyed by someone else, and then we're gonna spend forty dollars to ship it to fucking ass fuck Australia or something. I got quote yeah that Jordan Forster the winner. I get quoted at fucking eighty three dollars <laughs> with tracking today. Yeah, oh good. my god, it's what we signed up for is sending hundred dollar mugs to, to <laughs> listeners. Hundred dollar mugs only here at FMLPL yeah, Studios. Right. Check us out. FMLPL.com, follow on Twitter at FMLPL, support us at patreon.com slash FMLPL and cheers.